play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Well, bonjour. It is another edition of the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Before I go any further, I want to give a big shout out to our listener in Norton Shores, Michigan. Thanks for finding the podcast. It really is a bit of a narrow cast, uh, designed to be a bit informative for the guys who are in this league. But gee, we'll take all comers. Anyone who wants to find out about what's going on in our league, uh, welcome aboard and bonjour to you. You know, I think this week just gone had to have been about the nuttiest week we've had in the fantasy football for a while. The average score this week was 112 points, and that is huge. I mean, all season last year we averaged 103, and it means that the average for the season, just on the bump from that, pushes us to 107.9 for the season. Every team, on average, 107.9, win or lose, you know? That's the average uh, but this week, just going 112 is a phenomenal score. What we found in history is that if you score 110, it had given you a 90% chance of winning. This year, having a score of 110 or more, it's a 71% win rate. So it's things are changing, and for whatever reason, scores are going a bit crazy this year. This week, we saw scores of 140 points by Scuba and Pete, and then 138 by James. And I mean... It just doesn't matter what you score if you play against a team like that. So poor Taylor, who's put up 110 both weeks, or Jerry, who had 116 this week and lost by a point and a half. There's some agonising losses out there, and it means some really good teams just aren't getting wins that they probably would deserve to get if they played almost anybody else. So let's go through a few things specifically that happened in week two that are notable. This is the intern junior vice president of Squazamangas, TC, and you're listening to the Astros Fantasy Podcast with Maddie C. Kenny, he's now seven and six all time versus Brendo. Mate, that is amazing. The next best, there's two people with five wins against Brendan. Ryan is five and three. Tim is five and four. Now these two are obviously foundation members, so they've got a lot of history, and Kenny is seven and six. Another notable little milestone is that in his third year in the league, Adam has finally suffered his 10th regular season loss in his franchise's history. It was to James, and James is the only team to have beaten him twice in the regular season. They both entered the league in the same year, in 2018. And another little interesting tidbit, Taylor, he's 41 and 40 in his 81 starts, so that means a loss this coming week. We'll give him Jeff Fisher Zen. 41 and 41. Can you imagine that? And you know what? It's even better. His opponent this week is Adam. So either Adam starts 0 3 and all of a sudden goes from having eight losses in two full seasons to having three in a month, or Taylor gets to 500 career all time in the league in the regular season. And one of those things has to happen. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. So this is another little thing that I wanted to add now is, well, what would the playoffs look like if they started today? And what we see is that James is the number one seed with a bullet. He's got like 290 points or something on the season. He's been playing ridiculously well. And it would also give Tim the Crusaders the other bye. What we'd see then is that Joel would be the three seed. Kenny would be the four seed. And poor old Pete, he's the third overall in scoring. But because he shares the division with James, it would make him the five seed. So he'd be a strong five against Kenny. And then Joel, who's the three seed, would be set up against Scuba and the $10 Booker team. So it'd be an interesting matchup over on that side too, because Joel's, well, pretty clearly been the best team in the South. 
what would be interesting then though too is so Kenny and Pete you've got a division winner versus the strong wild card and in history we see the strong wild card often beat the fourth place division winner but over in the three versus six you often see the three team win so if we were just to take them it would be James and Pete in a semi-final versus Joel and Tim in a semi-final and that's how it would look if the playoffs started today. Now I've got one other little segment I want to throw in here it's called one of these things is not like the other. Now, the reason I wanted to introduce this is a little thing, and I'm going to try and drag one of these up or two of these up every week, and I thought, because we didn't do one last week, I'm going to do two this week, is just because our scoring is a little bit unique. You know, we have six-point passing touchdowns, quarterbacks get a bonus point for 300 yards, receivers, they get the whole, you know, the half-point PPR, but they also get a one-point bonus for 100 yards receiving. They also have running backs getting 100 yards on the ground, gives you an extra point bonus as well. So we've got scoring that's really uncommon, and we're an uncommon league size. And it just made me sort of think, well, you know, if I'm going to get all this crazy data, let's just do something good with it and turn it into a little bit of a game. And I'm going to throw in a bit of thinking music for you as well. So the first one here is one of these NFL teams has two top 10 wide receivers. Are you ready? So is it the Seahawks? Is it the Falcons? Is it the Bills? Or is it the Chiefs? I know that you're going to find this hard to believe, but holy cow, it's the Bills. Stefan Diggs in our scoring is currently the number four wide receiver with 38.9 points on the year. And then at number 10... Canberra Crusaders owns John Brown, who's currently got 32.2 points. So between them, they've only got three touchdowns, but they do have 440 yards of offense between them and something in the realm of 26 catches. So that together combined, it makes them two top 10 wide receivers, which is a bit mental in our league. And I don't think anyone would have expected in a million years it would be Buffalo. So here's the other one. One of these things is not like the others. So it's Cam, it's Kyler, it's Gardner Minshew, and it's Lamar Jackson. Which one of these things is not like the others? Now, maybe not for the reasons you're thinking, but it's Lamar Jackson who's not like the others. The others are top 12 quarterbacks in our league scoring, and poor old Lamar Jackson, he is quarterback 13, not in the club. No millionaires in the billionaires club, I'm afraid. And hopefully, <laughs> this has been a cool little segment to give you just a little insight as to how our scoring makes things a little bit weird and how someone, you know, Lamar Jackson, easily the consensus top two quarterback in our league, off to a bit of a rocky start. We'd like to see him correct that. But gee, you know, Russell Wilson, number one, Josh Allen, number two, Matt Ryan, number three, Aaron Rodgers, number four, Cam Newton, number five. Yeah, no room for Lamar Jackson at the top especially when you still consider that not in that list of Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes before you can even get close to Lamar Jackson. So that was a bit of fun, but as is customary on these episodes now, I've got a couple of guests and one of them we're going to do a bit of an introduction and have a chinwag with uh, a great long-time member of the league and then we're also going to have a preview and a review with a member of the league in their own division as we get into previews for week three. But before we do, I just want to rattle through what is coming up in week three because what we haven't talked about yet so far this season is the historic matchups between teams. So I wanted to start with the North Division. Ryan is going to play Tim this weekend. Ryan is 6-3 and three versus Tim all-time. 
TC is going to play Jackal in a long rivalry. TC, 7-4 and four over Jackal all time. Over in the south, we're going to see Joel play Justin. Now, those two are, are really, really close. They've only played three times, and Joel has the two-to-one edge. And then I'm going to play Mark in the other one. And Marky and I, we've got a bit of skin in the game here each because we work for the same company and we work in the same job for the same company. And we're two and two all time. This is going to be a bit of an epic battle and there'll be some poo flinging in the background between Mark and I, which might not make it onto the Astro League thread. But yeah, there's a bit of spite in this matchup and neither one likes to see the other one win. Over in the East, we've got Brenda, who's 5-3 and three against Jerry all time. And the other matchup in that division is Scuba, 5-2 and two all time against Kenny. Scuba coming off such a big week and Brendo so desperate for a win at the moment after starting 0-2 and being the 16th placed team through two weeks for the first time in franchise history. Just a tough spot to be starting from. So if he's got anything to lean on here, Brendo, it's historically he's got the edge on Jerry and that Scuba, well, this is a great chance for him to push on and try and get a win back off Kenny who started the season looking really strong. Over in the West, and we're going to have a little bit more in-depth talk about the West, James is 2-0 and all-time against Pete, and Adam is 2-0 and all-time versus Taylor in the regular season. So these are going to be some great matchups in the West, but we'll get a bit more in-depth into them a little bit later on. So like I said before, we've got two guests coming on, and well, I'm going to have one come on who's going to do a bit more of a breakdown in the Wild West. We've got points going everywhere over there at the moment, and because we're still in the part of the season where they play each other, it just means there's only so many wins to go around, and they're kind of cannibalizing each other at the moment. It's amazing to watch. Uh, so I'm going to have a guest come on and talk about that a little bit later. But my first guest today is long-time Astro and long-time Astro league player. Uh, he's moved all over the place. He's got some great stories to tell. And he's the player in the league who wins the I Look the Most Like Matt Ryan Award every year. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. Please stand and ovate for Pete Ryan. This is Taylor, GM of the Vinegar Strokes, and you're listening to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, it is with absolute pleasure of mine that I get to introduce the guy who made me look really, really good on the gridiron for a couple of years with the Astros. Pete Ryan has got records. I'm pretty sure they still stand today, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Pete. Welcome. Mate, so good to talk to you. How are you going? Mate, I'm terrific. And I have listen, to say, on behalf of everybody, we're glad to have you back in Oz. Hey, there you go. Hey, and listen, shut up about making you look good. I still remember the the time I got the starting job and Andy was on the sideline. Do you remember this? It was the first game I played with the Astros. We were in some horrible tide game and time was running down. And I remember we got in the huddle and we sent you on a fly. You're on the right-hand side of the field. And we right. said, I said, Matt, just go. Just go. Give me a go. And yep. this, was, this was my first game in life. It must have been about five years. I was still trying to gel with the team. To be honest, I wasn't that good a thrower back then. And <laughs> I still remember I dropped back. I didn't even read any coverage, which TC will tell you I never did anyway. <laughs> and I just launched the ball as hard as I could possibly throw down the right sideline. And I still remember this. For some reason, this spiral came out of my hand. It was this lovely arc that turned over. And I remember it fell down and you caught it mid-stride right in front of the Astros bench. Do you remember this? No, I remember this. It was like a 50-yard. And then you went for the game-winning touchdown. It was a 50-yard completion. It was my first Yeah, it was a monster. <laughs> and it, it landed, you caught it right in front of Andy. I walked off. He's like, yeah, yeah you can start then. <laughs> so forget me making you look good. I think you got me that, you got me that game. Man, I remember that game. Um, oh, that was so much fun. 
that was an unbelievable feeling too because it was my first touchdown. So, you know, it was... I remember, it was that your first season? Because I'm only a little guy and I'm on a field full of violent men and I'm not a violent, angry, aggressive person. And so for me, that was a validating moment too, Pete. So you've touched me that way too. Well, it, it was a surprise to all of us that you catching the ball didn't knock you over because you were about 12 kilos wet in those days. <laughs> yeah, that's about right too. I'm not sure much has changed, but... <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I definitely remember that. That was a wonderful moment. In fact, I found this footage of that on YouTube. Oh, and about shut three up. years ago, I narrowed it down to just that one play. The whole game is on YouTube, and I narrowed it into just that one play and turned it into a GIF. And I can't find where I put that GIF, but if I ever find it, I'm going to torture the... You uh, have to put that GIF on the league <laughs> page because that, you know that was awesome. You know I will. Nobody likes to talk me up like me. Mate, I mentioned off the top, it's great to have you back in Oz. And by back in Oz, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the places you've been. But um, do you want to share with the folks where, where you're from and, and where you are now? Yeah, so I'm in I'm in Hawker now, back in Canberra. So uh, really enjoying being back. But last three years, been up in Malaysia. So I'm with Foreign Affairs, been out on a posting up there, which was great fun. Um, and... Uh, got back just before Christmas last year, so managed to managed to beat the COVID shutdowns and all of the all of the hassles of travel, which wow. was really lucky. Really lucky, supremely yeah. lucky. Yeah, and I can remember bumping into you in the Canberra Centre right about Christmas time, thinking, I'd "Yeah, that's when I was coming I back." I knew that you'd been based overseas, and just thinking that looks like Pete Wright, and walking over and going, "This can't be Pete Wright. He's overseas," and just being such a lovely surprise to, to find that it was you and that you were coming back. It was, it was really. And then it wasn't long after that. I was having lunch in the city. I was actually was had it stood up by a different mate. I said, "All right, I'll go in." And I was at we were going to have lunch at Terra. I said, "Oh, it's all right. I'll have lunch." I'm sitting there eating my eating my brisket roll, <laughs> and this person's talking to his mate on one of those shared tables opposite me. I'm like, "I know that voice. No Look way. up, it's bloody Tim." No way, Timmy came out. So it was it was like a bloody reunion tour. You've, you've travelled all over the place too. We can get into a little bit of where you, where you've been if you like. I mean, you've you've seen half the world map, haven't you? No, no, I had, I had, a, I've had a, an extremely lucky run. So the family and I have loved getting out um, on a couple of postings. So before Malaysia, I was in Solomon Islands in the Pacific for a couple of years. It's unreal. And that was just amazing. We really, really enjoyed both postings. And one of the great things is, so I've got two girls now, and they're both in their teens. Cool. Uh, and it's been, it's lovely to see them with that little bit of worldliness and that, and that wonderful experience behind them and of course being overseas it, it particularly malaysia was such a great hub to travel so we've we've managed to get out and see a heap of, of really interesting places which has been awesome that's so great so yeah. great so we've been really really lucky wow and so yeah you've mentioned the daughters what, what is your life like outside of outside of the football outside of the work what, what do you what do you enjoy and what's your life like well, we've got, I mean, the, the highlight, of course, is my little brewery out the back here. When I was, it was funny in Solomon's, there was uh, some really, really good beer, but but it was one beer. And for two years, by the end of that, I was going a bit stir crazy. So I'd <laughs> sort of read myself into a PhD on, on brewing and came back really determined to give it a go. And we bought this, this excellent house when we came back. And the whole house, uh, my wife was saying, I think we should do this for this room and I think we should do this for that room. I said, honey, you can do whatever you want for the entire house. That little shed outside that's got power and a concreted floor and it's they were using oh. it as a garden shed. I said, I dibs that because that's my brewery. And uh, that's been one of my main hobbies since. And I'm, I'm actually really happy with the beers. We'll have to get you around for a – because – I've been enjoying getting the recipes down, getting the technique down. So that's sort of wow. sort of one of the things I've been 
enjoying. And then when I got back from Malaysia, the one thing I hated about it was filling up the bottles. So now came back from Malaysia. I said, listen, there's one big improvement we need for the house and I need to get a keg in the fridge out the back in the brewery. So I've got a little a little tap in the fridge door out there. No. And I tell you what, Matt, there's, there's few things better in life than coming home from work, popping out to the brewery and filling up a pint because it's uh, it's really nice. And, and being able to brew something that's right on the kind of style you like wow. is, uh, is really satisfying. Well, I'm going to throw the spoiler alert in there and say that, you know, this is something the, to whip. The next episode's, on, next episode's coming from over here. Yeah, on <laughs> it might actually have to become my head office, I think. <laughs> what do you miss the most about being away from Canberra? When you come back, it might be something that you actually didn't even realise you missed until you were back. That's something that would be interesting to, to learn. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is the difference. So, so living overseas has been a great chance to have that real adventure and get out and experience different cultures, different ways of life, you know, meeting new people. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but uh, as, as guys know from, from when I was sending some messages around on the, the league page, I mean, got right into the flag football up in Malaysia. And that was so awesome because I didn't expect it. Like I, I was actually just looking for, for a few different options and just Googled up what's going on with, with American football in Malaysia and found this super passionate group of locals who just love their footy so much and had organized themselves into this enormous dynamic league. There was like seven or eight teams that were looking to play every weekend, training all the time, really, really knew their football. Wow. Many of them were playing for the first time ever. And, and so there was this raw sort of skill and talent, um, a lot of willingness, but not a lot of experience and a super welcoming community. And one of the nicest parts about the whole experience was uh, my younger girl, Isabel, really got into football and started to come and watch some of the games. Oh, how nice. Decided she was keen to play. And the the team I was playing with at the time could not have been cooler. Like They just invited her to come to training. She trained with us every every time we did our training sessions. And she was too young to play. They had an age limit at 13 for safety. Fair enough. But... She she was super involved. Every every game she was on the sideline cheering on, keeping stats, you know, helping out with water. And wow. if we'd have if we'd have been one year more there, she would have been playing for their for their ladies team. That's and real. and that was a really special experience for both of us to be able to share the football. And as a result, she's a mad fan now. She loves NFL. We watch it together. And yeah. and unlike her dad, she she had a chance to start from scratch. So I gave her one of my big um, season preview magazines for last year's season, actually. Oh wow! Yeah. And I said, go through and pick your team. I said, <laughs> you've got you got a chance to start from scratch here. And I said, I'm not going to influence it. So she knew that I was a, a Patriots fan. Yep. She went through. She narrowed it down to the Ravens or the Dolphins. Oh. Wow. And that was that was partly that. In fact, it was mostly because of the logos. <laughs> and but she was you know she's old, she's 13 so she's old enough she was reading all of the stories she was reading the the team profiles she was looking at the histories wow and she ended up going with the dolphins simply because it meant we would play each other twice a year <laughs> isn't that sweet and sweet. and so last year we watched both the both the games together and can you believe those buggers beat the patriots in the last game of the season of course of course and they did. And that was a huge validation for her. And I, I hate to say it, but that meant she was hooked. So now she's got <laughs> dolphins jerseys, dolphins earrings. She's got dolphins oh, yeah. stuff in a room. And uh, I think 
fortunately, and it's great to see, you know, that enthusiasm in our kids. You know, she's she's picked that up and it's now a passion for her. That's unbelievable. And and just quietly, can you hear it? I can hear Mark Downey fist pumping somewhere. I know. <laughs> well, last year she went, she she was following along with Fantasy and she said, I like this tour team. What's going on I'll there? Because it. <laughs> it's all the Dolphins logos. But I mean, that, I mean, that also goes nicely to the fantasy. So I remember as I was finishing, you kicked off this this tournament just about as I was pulling the pin, if yep. memory serves. It was a selfish thing too, because I'd never been in a community of lads like the team. And yeah. I was unwilling to let it go. Absolutely unwilling to let it go, even though I knew that the, the team itself was not going to continue much longer. Um, so that 2010 season of starting up this league was really just selfishly me trying to keep relationships. Yeah. You know? And I, cause I remember it came along. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then <laughs> and none of us knew what we were doing. None of us knew what we were doing. I, everyone was just the, the quality of play was rubbish. None of us knew what we were drafting. And then um, I won't lie to you. There, there was a period there where I almost pulled the pin where I left. What is and it was, yeah. <laughs> and, well, it was, it was cause I, I think it was making me enjoy watching football less because I was oh, now you're not that. invested enough in fantasy to you know, make that the reason I was watching football. Yeah, but yeah, every time I watched a game, I'd be like, "God damn it! Don't throw another intercept on some random game that I wasn't even interested in, other than I was getting killed on something." And yeah, you know, you, you, everyone in the league knows I've I've got a losing record, and I haven't. I'm I'm not. I've only had one appearance in the finals and lost that pretty comprehensively. And so that lack of winning and a distortion in why I was watching football for a, for a little while there made me think about leaving. And I'm so pleased I didn't because the last few years it's really come back on. And I think it's almost as our fantasy league has really started to become the reason to watch football and the, the banter with the guys and this, you know, things like the, the draft picking it together in oh, real time as hard as hell. Yeah. yeah it, all of that's starting to really bring back that sense of community which is which is really cool. Well, it feels like you had a lot of that in Malaysia too. So if we can replace a little bit of that, then that that's a nice yeah. feather in the cap for our little league. Because I mean, so I've been in the league since the day dot. You've been in the league since day dot. There's guys in the right league. Start. I still haven't even met in person. Um, yeah. I reach out to everybody through Messenger at least once every year or more, because now we've got the, there's a keeper version of the league where twelve of the guys from the Astro League are in that, and then you know you're part of that Champions League. Um, yeah, that was almost by accident. And that was, that was that hilarious really, when you know, in that division, three of us could have got through to win in the last week. Yeah. Yeah, easily. That was hilarious. Everyone was six and six. It was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and then I snuck in and, and had to hurt, had to bear with the abuse of TC for telling me to disgrace the division because I got thumped so badly in the first round of the, the playoffs. <laughs> did he really come at you? Oh, TC. Oh, my God, he did. <laughs> this guy hasn't a playoff appearance since he won the title in 2016. He's coming at you? No, no. Quite, it, it, was, it was fair enough. You know, I was representing the division and, and did a poor job at the outset. Oh, wow. Now I'm starting to think about how I represented my division last year when I got, through <laughs> and got absolutely obliterated by Taylor. <laughs> anyway. Taylor's got my number at the moment. I can't do anything about Taylor. He's yeah, he's a monster. But wow, man, you've taken us on a, a heck of a journey. I, I've really enjoyed having a yarn with you about uh, about your, your football overseas, that reminiscing some of the old Astro days, and and just some of the fantasy stuff too. I'm finding the more leagues I'm in, the more I'm enjoying watching football because now I can't be mad that a player in a game didn't score or did score because I either. Have a share. You've got him on one team for that guy in one league, but I own the other guy who could have scored the touchdown. And it's just, I'm in too many now. 
I can't be mad at anything anymore. So I, yeah. it, it makes me want to root for everything. There you go. So I found Hilarious. it really helped me in that way. So you and I had the first blockbuster trade of the season. We did, yeah. We agonized over that damn trade for days. Well, I was nervous, Pete. And, and we both said we're going to end up ghosting each other on these trades the whole time and see how each other goes. I was nervous as hell because, I mean, there were, two, there were two big names going each direction. I was in Nixon and Kittle. They were my first year round picks. I wasn't taking that. Yeah. Lately. And, 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 and you like, got only the number two got overall pick. Barkley. Plus Golladay. Yeah. And so how's that working out for you? I've, I traded Golladay today and I, I uh, saw. And I, I lost Saquon. So, you know, I, 48 hours. I, I, was, I was racked by Blasphemy. guilt for about eight seconds until I remembered that you started that whole mess <laughs> because you're a trade addict. Yeah. And so then I went, yeah, all right. Well, that's just how it goes. Now, I need you to spend five minutes talking up how amazing your team is because you are off to a 2-0 start. You had 143 points last week, good enough for second best score in the league. It's it's a blockbuster division, and you just seem to be coasting through it like a hot well, butter. Just talk no. yourself up. So I'm going to talk myself down. Of course. So <laughs> the, it, I, I am as surprised as I'm sure Taylor was that the team went so well. Um, the only thing I was pleased with is the damn computer kept trying to get me to take Fournette out of the lineup and go with who were they trying to? So you know that optimize thing. Yeah. I know so the Optimize kept trying to put Peyton Barber in. Oh, God. And to bench Fournette. And I kept going, no, nah, that's not going to happen. He's like, he's not great. And he had a weak first, first round. But I just felt that there was so much more upside to Fournette, particularly if he clicked with Brady. And I know Barber had a good game in oh, the first he? week. He had two touchdowns, uh, but he had 29 yards on 17. Yards. I know. Is that a good and, game? Really? And that's why I kept going to the computer. No, I don't want you to optimize <laughs> me. I'm going to stick with Fournette in the hope that he comes good. And yeah. to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. Yeah, I'll bet you. So, but other than that, I mean, the, the two tight ends, I know it's really unorthodox. And if it wasn't for our big trade, I certainly wouldn't be doing that. But once we did that trade where I got Kittle, I was like, well, I'm not getting rid of Waller unless someone's no. you know, looking to do a good trade and no one no one was interested. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to roll with him in the in the flex. And that's worked out really well. But, I mean, it comes back to that draft strategy. I know you've talked to some of the other guys about about what they what they do coming in. Yeah, tell me. I listened, I listened to the previews and I, I, it, it was great this year for the first time I actually understood what other people were going and I suddenly got massively insecure because... <laughs> My, my draft strategy tends to be I'll mentally block out the position I want each round. So I'll, I'll say running back first round, wide receiver second round or something like that. Yep. And then I'm disproportionately prone to jump at the name that I recognize. So I'll be grabbing guys who were good three or four years ago because uh, I'll go, oh, T.Y. Hilton, he's a good receiver. <laughs> I remember him. So I think what I've done is set myself up to fail year after year after year. But it looks like this year it's worked out all right. A little thing I do sometimes yeah. too is we'll ask someone, hey, mate, give me your your running backs. Just rank them one to four. In what order do you think they're the most valuable to you? Yeah. And if I see someone value someone differently to how I would, then that gives me an opening. Go, oh, that guy thinks he's the guy who's third on that list. I think that guy's the second most valuable. So maybe I can so trade him for that. Yeah. 
Um, and just the more you ask people about their team and where they feel strong and where they feel weak, and you can line that up with where you feel strong and you feel weak, um, there's great ways to then find a trade that suits both players. And That's I, right. And I think and I did that today. We just did that yeah. today. I sent on Golladay to him. I'm going to miss him. But uh, he hadn't played. And and I really am still desperate to fix the, the Duke Johnson incident. Uh, and I'm going to fix it with James Conner, apparently. I was so, so relieved when that happened because I'm still scarred from um, one of the drafts I did up in KL. I picked someone. It was in the back end of the round two. I think it was about the fifth round. Right. And the the draft machine threw it up as one of the best players. And like I say, I was my philosophy was for that round, you know, I needed another running back. So I've, I've taken the, the guy without a lot of research. Then the boards lit up and everyone's like, Pete, that guy's out for the season. He's injured. And I was like, oh. That sucks. Yeah. So I, I was most relieved that you uh, went with Duke early in the draft because I felt like no matter what I did dumb after that, I was comfortably <laughs> overshadowed by your uh, Duke incident. Well, and you know, I'm just going to pull my chin out and let people hit me for it. Whatever. Whatever. That was great. Okay. I'll live to fight another day, I think. And, you know, against all odds, uh, I've got a win already. So, you know, <laughs> it, it might be my last one, but I've got You've one. You've done well. No, it was good. But look, in terms of the team, I'm really happy with how the how my balance is coming out. Yeah, talk to um, me about hopefully for Yeah, hopefully Fournette continues that chemistry with Brady and can become a reliable contributor. I want Mixon to pick up, but I, I expect that'll start to come on as he gets that chemistry with Joe Burrow. Oh, have you seen Burrow? Um, he's starting to yeah, the pace. He's doing really well. Uh, Josh Allen's going to be a boom or bust quarterback all year, I'm certain. So while he had four touchdowns last week, I'm, he could just as well have four picks next week. Yeah, wait for the week he puts um, up an eight for you. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think so, it's worth it because you can get the 41-point days, right? Yeah. Yeah. The wide receivers, like like the review last week said, who was it? Did the West? I think it was. Oh, was it yeah. Steve did the West. I. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Had James so the, and do the West, and he was. Uh, I was James. That's right. Yeah. So my wide receivers are a little bit weak. So if Jamison gets up with uh, out of his uh, bung calf muscle, that'll be helpful. Yeah. Because he had a great week one, and obviously nothing last week. Ty confuses me. <laughs> he should be good. Philip Rivers should be good. But potentially, I've fallen into the classic Pete trap of getting players that were good in the mid two thousands, because that's your dream combo from then. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think the thing with Hilton too is that you know he and Rivers could probably have used a preseason. So now that they've had two yeah. games, that might be there. Exactly, and that's why I'm sticking with so him. You've got to stick I, with I, him, I guess, because you can't. What are you trading for? Who's who's going to pay T. Y. Hilton value? For yeah, Hilton? who's going to play top? Season. Yeah, so, and and his upside is good. Yeah, it is. unless he just flatlines and he just can't get that. Can't get that value. I think both um, your receivers could put up 25. Yeah, easily. They could also put up four, but they could put up 25 any week. And, yeah. and that's worth it. That's worth it. And then, obviously, tight ends are a real feature of the team, and we'll keep rolling with them. Yeah. And then down on the bench, I've just been trolling. Well, Preston was a was a sympathy pick for my daughter to make sure I had to have a dolphin on the team somewhere. <laughs> He's a good enough but too. He's a good one. He should be. Yeah, he potentially could get really good. Uh, he he also could just be a middling uh, wide receiver, but you know he's certainly he's worth hanging on to. He's great for you, and he's yeah he's a good bench player. He'll exactly. be healthy when you need him for a bye week, and you plug him in. He'll and then get you seven or eight points, and he'll get team. hopefully ten points reliably, maybe more if he starts to really yeah yeah. yeah. He's the perfect and then, guy. He's he's the exact guy you want on the bench. Exactly, and then the other guys are all pretty much waiver targets. So I had a pretty productive waiver experience in the first week. Got rid of a dumb kicker and got picked up 
uh, Carlson from yeah. Vegas, who who had a great game for me. Yeah, another great this game. week yeah. just gone. Yeah, he was good in week one too. Yeah, and then a bunch of other guys who you know, but most most importantly, Russell Cage might might come on nicely. Um, as See, that Atlanta team the, is just throw throw with a side of throw. Yes, and and so if he if he comes on, obviously a bit thin on the running backs, um, but I'll. I'll keep an eye on the waivers and, and potential trades to see if I can fill that out. But no, overall pretty happy. And then, you know, keeping that tradition, Patriots, they were good last year. So, of course, I'm going to go with them this year, but uh, we'll wait and see how they fill out. But but looks like a consistent uh, defense on the bench. So overall happier with the balance on this team than I have most years. Normally, I get to week three and I'm like, crap, I've got no receivers, no running backs, you know, one feature guy who's not working out. Um so and for the yeah, first time in many years, season, just yeah, just chasing how to fix it. Yeah. Exactly, chasing the waiver wire, and without much to trade, it's it's incredibly hard to trade your way out of the out of a hole. Pete, look, I've taken a lot of time off your hands on a on a school night. It's fairly late for uh, for us to be recording on a school night, but I just want to thank you so much for spending so much time. No, of course, you. mate, it's great to catch up. And I'm going to take you up on your fun chat. Come over to your home turf, and we're going to make uh, we're going to do an episode awesome. in a couple of weeks over on your home patch. Awesome. I'm going to take you up on that. Excellent. That'd be awesome. Good That'd luck, be great. Against James. I want to do the awkward thing of making you tell me who's going to win that matchup. Uh, I actually think I'm going to get absolutely spanked this weekend. You would say can... that. You would always say that. I had that. No, no. You... He's going to just go, no, it's all James, man. It's all James. He's, he's scored 198,000 points each week. <laughs> I think even I could put up 180 and he'd still beat me. But I just, everyone on his, I mean, Metcalf, Hopkins, Wilson, they're just, he's got such a studded lineup that I, I think the, the fear I've got is one, a couple of guys having an off week in my roster, which is very likely, just will be blown away by, by the quality in his roster. All right, I'm, so, I'm going to weigh into here, and I'm going to say, look, he's he's got some pain. Uh, Malcolm Brown had a pretty big pinky injury, and he had surgery on that finger. Ronald Jones yeah. is being supplanted a bit by Leonard Fournette, which I don't think is unreasonable. I think I know which one of those two is the better running back. And then that is kind of almost counterbalanced by, you know, your two receivers could have both great days. They could both have they could have, days. Yeah. But gee, if just one of them has a good day, that might be enough to overcome. That like might be enough. Quagmire. So this is why I'm leaning you, and I'm going to put my – I'm going to stamp it. Pete for the win. You're going to start 3-0. I'm calling it. Oh, there's a kiss of death right there. <laughs> I think you could ask anybody in the league right now. Well, no, we'll see. Pete's team's a top team, and I think you would get people going, yeah, what the hell is up with that team? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but Pete, good luck in week three because there's the thank you so much. That's going to be going to be a blockbuster, yeah. Yeah, and it's rare. It's be a blockbuster. Such a great game so early in the season. We can tell these are two teams that when it comes around in week eleven again, we're going to be saying all the same things. There's no way these two teams aren't still so strong when we come back around. So it'll be nice to see who gets the early shot on each other. For sure. Good luck, Pete. Thank you so much, and great talking, man. It was really, really nice to catch up. Yeah, and thanks for coming on. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C. Well, how terrific to have Pete on. And, uh, man, that interview went for ages and ages, and I'm going to wrap up a whole bunch more of it to put out in a bonus episode in the coming days because... Well, we probably only published about a third of what we talked about and 100% of it was fantastic stuff that's really worth sharing. So I'll cut some of that together and put it up 
a bit later on in the week. My next guest, we're going to jump across the other side of the division and we're going to talk to Adam who's going to talk about his matchup with Taylor and some general thoughts about what's going on over in the West because it's the most hotly contested division in my mind for the league. And uh, then we'll get out of here with a quick preview of the other games. Just don't lose it. This is the Astro League, your Astro League podcast. Fantasy football. Yeah, boy. And I want to kick it off by asking, hey, Ads, what the hell happened to your team this week? Holy cow, you put up 110, but you couldn't get the win. Talk me through it. Well, it seems, just having a look at a quick look at our matchup, but my team's not doing bad, but it's not doing great. They seem to be getting, the one thing they seem to be getting is a lot of yards. But as a collective, they're all getting a lot of yards, but none of them are actually going in the end zone. It's just yeah. not getting not getting into those super scores of like 15 plus. They're all just like between that 7 and like 12. Yeah. No, one, no one's standing up and at the moment every – with the way that offense is going, everyone's just booming and a score of what 110 doesn't win you the week. So it's uh, been been disappointing, but hopefully there's some good signs there. Like Russell's, they're just, as they've said, they're just going to let him cook and he's just fling, he's, he's a gunslinger. He's throwing, he's just absolutely whipping it around and Carson, Chris Carson's like complimenting him perfectly. If he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute weapon. I put my money where my mouth is on Carson too. And you know what I did today? I went out and did a trade with TC in the Keeper League to acquire Carson. That's how much I'm buying into Carson. I traded away oh, DJ wow. in that league to get Carson. That's how much I'm believing. Well, the Seahawks are basically Atlanta at the moment, except they can win. <laughs> Neither team has a defense, and they're just putting up ridiculous amounts of points. Well, and, and we got to see that in week one too. That, you know, Atlanta had no trouble yeah. scoring points. They just couldn't stop points. And the Seahawks had no trouble scoring points, but they could just stop a few more than Atlanta. Yeah, I think Jamal Adams was a good, has, has been good on defense, and he's about there only complimentary at the moment. So you got and, the 2-0 Cardinals and the 2-0 Rams in that division with the 2-0 Seahawks. Like, wow, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot going on. Well, the only thing I'm waiting for is Kenyon Drake to actually get some touchdowns instead of... Um, <laughs> Instead of that bloody who's that who's that midget that's on the field all the time? <laughs> he should have been a, he should have been a jockey. So much of that offense looks a lot like the Patriots too, where Cam is just the running back on that team, and Kyla is kind of the running back on the Cardinals, and and then there's one receiver, uh, Edelman or or Hopkins, who are just getting all the targets from both the the two teams, quarterbacks respectively, and then there's. There's bugger all left for anyone else. Very, yeah. It's a two-point offense for both teams, and then there's not much left for anybody else. I think the only difference really is that uh, the Cardinals are finding ways to give Drake touches in a way that the Patriots are just kind of ignoring the hell out of their running backs. Yeah. Well, looking at like James' team this week, I think everyone just went off. He had, <laughs> well, he had six in between, including his defense. He had... Yeah. This is discounting discounting the QB. He had seven touchdowns. Yeah. But between discounting the QBs, he had seven touchdowns amongst his remaining players to my yeah, one. Two, was it? One. One. Just I had two. Sorry, two. Montgomery. David Montgomery, who actually looked really good. He did. Which I was happy about. He actually looked really good. And Marvin Jones. So seven TDs to two. I think I'll lose that one every week. Every week. But 
I think this week was pretty much a throwaway. The only chance I had was if, yeah, like the only ch- the only the only thing was I thought New England would run the ball a lot more, slow the game down, and keep it to a low scoring game of maybe like a fifteen seven like fifteen seventeen or something like that. But it definitely didn't turn out that way, and it was a very high scoring affair. And James absolutely nailed me. <laughs> it was unbelievable. What do you have to spend to buy AJ Brown in the draft? What do you have to spend? Maybe a third or fourth round pick? He was my he was my third round pick and it was tossing up it was tossing up between AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley. Well, and he's no Duke and, Johnson with a third round pick. We all know Duke Johnson is the right caller in the yeah. third round. Um, and I can't believe you wasted it on AJ Brown. What are we even talking about, man? AJ Brown, I think you've just got to stay stay in the water with him because you can't trade him for anything. Yeah. He's at the moment. His value was too much, and he's not worth anything at the moment. So that's that's the drama. And he was right around. He was in that tier where it was Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, and DJ Metcalf. And you'd look at the three, oh. and I and I chose the dud. Well, he's projected and... for six point nine. He's, <laughs> he's beating that. Yeah. Well, and that's about. I think he's about he's he'll be my win, like win or go home against um, against Taylor. I think this week, uh, with if AJ Brown's no good, then I don't see my team because Taylor's team's just studded, absolutely studded. He's Edward Hilaire, hasn't he? His team, holy cow! He's, the he's best done well. Team I've ever seen. <laughs> he's done really well with trades, like. Yeah. Edwards Hilaire against Baltimore, that's probably going to slow slow him down a little bit. New England? Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm hoping that's like two pretty tough like run defenses. And I guess Chicago as well against Atlanta. It's probably the only week where he's probably got some really tough defense hmm. defenses going up against. And like also Brandon Cooks against Pittsburgh, like they're all projected very high, but I'm hoping. I think that's my that's going to be my only saving grace is if those defenses can keep his players like probably probably under that like say an average of ten. That would be nice. Yeah, but they're all they're all just absolute studs. I was it's just really laughing odd. a little bit though, Ads, because I looked further down. I saw he's got Corey Davis against that same horrible Minnesota defense. And I was yeah. even <laughs> laughing to myself like I was, you know, Jafar from Aladdin about how what if Corey Davis ends up having the two-touchdown game and poor old A.J. Brown has... Yeah, A.J. Brown has <laughs> I think I could just see you pounding the table, just going, you bastards. <laughs> well, mate, I'm going to get you to now do the awkward thing where you tell me how much you are going to either beat Taylor by or lose to Taylor by. I just want to start something here because then I'm going to talk to Taylor and see what he says. So yeah. <laughs> I just want to uh, right. get you no, the awkward cool. thing. Having, having a look at the teams, matchups, I can see myself beating Taylor by 0. 0.8. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon Taylor will go for 112. I'll go for 112.8. That's amazing. So Brendan last week goes, mate, I'd like to win my matchup against, oh gosh, was it? <laughs> I think he played uh, Kenny. He's like, I'll play, I'll, I'll match up him. I'll, I'll beat him by a point. I'm like, a point? You're such a gentleman. But here you are. You're going parts of points. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing, one thing I can hope is, because if Taylor goes out there at 0-3 with his team, 
He's gonna get he's he's gonna get those waiver picks as well, and his team's just gonna keep getting bolstered. He's gonna run his run home is gonna be monstrous and destroy people. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Reviewing all of this week's matchups. Well, thanks to both Pete and Adam for coming on the show this week. It's been a bit of a cool show to really focus in on the division where there's just so many more points than everywhere else. And we will talk to other guys in other divisions over the coming weeks. What I wanted to do before we disappeared was have just a quick look, very, very quick look, broad brush stroke at the coming matchups. In the North Division, you've got the Canberra Crusaders against the Cornhuskers, and I don't think there's a lot to separate these two on paper. It is a, a really interesting matchup with Stafford going against Arizona for Cornhuskers and uh, Minshew up against the Dolphins. Wow, that one's the big Thursday night game over in uh, in the US, so that, that'll be an interesting way to start the week for Timmy. I'm going to put my flag on Timmy too here. I'm just going to stamp him and say he's going 3-0, and and poor old Ryan's going to have to work another week to catch up. In the other matchup in that division, we've got Chackle versus the Squazmongers. Again, the projections are pretty tight. This time I'm going to lean on TC. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to have a pretty decent day even at New Orleans. Just not having a crowd in New Orleans, I feel like that's going to make a bit of a difference. And uh, I think Jackal's in a bit of pain with no Jimmy Garoppolo and there's, yeah, not millions of great options. He's got Jared Goff going to Buffalo. Yeah, I'm just going to give it to TC. Brennan's up against the Gnomes. Now, he's done a lot of work in the background this week. He's turned over most of his roster, and I think he's done a great job in improving it. I still don't think it's going to be enough to chase down the Gnomes, which I'm sorry, Brendo, but I've got you starting the season 0-3, and and I think it's probably really harsh. But, you know, look, you're about to play a really good Gnomes team. They scored 116 both weeks. They're 1-1. That doesn't really seem right, and their, their team looks pretty solid. $10 $10 book is going up against Playmaker. Again, the projection is tight, and I'm not so convinced that the projection should be so tight. I'm going to go ahead and say that we've got Scuba jumping out to a 2-1 and one in that division, and he's going to pull the win back off Kenny, and they're going to be tied for the top of the division after this one. The reason I think that that's going to be the case, Kamara, he's everywhere. Dark Prescott against a Seattle defense. It's looking a lot like the Falcons, kind of funnily. And I just think it's time for DeAndre Swift, you know. So those top three players on his roster, I feel like, are just going to be able to level the Lamar Jackson and Darrell Williams and Darrell Henderson, uh, sort of top three over on the the, the lineup for playmakers. And just knowing that Devontae Adams, uh, he may just not be regular strength Devontae Adams this week. Look, I'm going to call myself out and, and say that I'm going to just get all over Mark. Career all-time, we are 2-2. Two and two. We are 1-1 one one against each other in playoffs. It doesn't get much closer, and we've always had some pretty tough tough matchups, and I'm just looking forward to, to really trying to rub it into him. I think the projector's a little crazy, thinking McKinnon's going to score 17 points, but even if you dialed it back to 10, and I think that's a reasonable score with both the other running backs in that backfield out, and Jeff Wilson getting promoted into the lineup. I just don't think it's going to be enough to take too much away from McKinnon, but 17 seemed a bit crazy, and I just feel like I've got Mark covered. And in the other game in the South, I'm just going to lean straight on Jizz Potts. Poor old Joel. He just lost his number one and two running back. He... Somehow had Gurley as his three, but after that it gets tough for him. So, look, sorry, Joel, you're off to a terrific start, and this week you're going to feel a little bit of pain while Jizz Potts rolls over you. But then you're out into the, the lush green fields of other divisions to play against starting from next week, and I think you might find a little bit more success there. Look, going to wrap it up and say good luck to everybody in week three, and thanks so much. I'll catch up with you all next week. Peace out. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.